Yes, hello, I am James Rodens, and today it's dubbing our 361. To be fair, it's nice to get some alone time. We're on the cusp of hell in a cell where I will be joined by Jaxi and Select Match Pod. But first, with myself here, let's catch up with our raw review and SmackDown summary. So we're going to go right back because we had WrestleMania Backlash, which we reviewed here on the WNR podcast. We picked right off on the May 17th Raw, and we start with Lashley flopping his. Uh, Bout about for the uh, ladies, and they seem to be enjoying it. MVP is over the moon. We get an open challenge later. No Braun or Drew. And it's AJ Styles versus Elias next. I guess Styles and Omos are now baby faces. This wasn't a bad match, but why have it so long if it ends in a DQ? Omos was too slow to stop Jobber Inc. attacking AJ. And then we see Riddle trying to make Orton apologise to New Day. But instead, a match is booked between Kofi and Orton. And then Lily and Alexa interview uh, Tamina and Natalia in a playground. And then um, can we just stop listening the whole 24 titles belts won when it comes to accomplishments with wrestlers as well. It is not a true title. I mean, a four-time champ Gulak and four-time champ Elias would actually mean something. And talking about that, we get Drew Gulak versus Gaza next. This was a squash, a wing clipper. And we get more Rose stuffing. Uh, not Mandy, of course. Next match is Kofi versus Randy Orton. We see Woods distracted Orton with his trombone. So Kingston can roll him up for the surprise win. Riddle kept Orton from attacking Kingston after the match. But he also shoved Woods before leaving. This wasn't bad. It's kind of over too quickly. I mean, New Day are the saviours for Monday. And then Italian versus Nia Jax and Shania Basler. We see Alexa Bliss appearing on the stage and set off some flames that blinded Reginald. Distraction allowed Italia and Tamina to score the win. I mean, come on now. Let's have an end game for Bliss. We then see Sheamus come to the ring looking heated. He grabbed a mic and divided Ricochet to turn the hat and coat he stole from him. Backstage revealed Ricochet did indeed steal his hat and coat from the locker room. Uh, Sheamus eventually hit the bro kick for the pin to end a great match between the two. And then we get Charlotte versus Oscar. Uh, we're getting two great matches back to back on Raw. What, Ricochet versus Sheamus and then Charlotte versus Oscar? What? Uh, they traded control several times for Ripley. Ended up taking a big boot from Charlotte on the apron. Oscar was able to get the win with a roll up. I mean, it's a shame they don't treat Oscar like a proper star. I mean, it could be like Austin Rock, but instead it's like seeing a punk with Oscar always looking in. They've got wicked chemistry, though. And how many roll up finishes in WWE? I mean, take a shot every time you see that. We then see Damien Priest facing John Morris in a lumberjack match, but instead of zombies, it was WWE superstars around the ring. Nikki Cross was the only woman in the crowd. As Cedric Alexander went after Shelton Benjamin as chaos started to break out. The Archer Infamy superplexed Morrison onto all the lumberjacks at ringside. Priest hit his finish with a pin and the win, while the lumberjacks continued to fight. I mean, you have to admire WWE for not just ignoring it. Aaron Morrison make reference to feeling empty inside after being bitten. This should be it now, though. It was good, but we've seen it a hundred times. And then we get Bobby's open challenge. We see several superstars that accept it. Lashley's open challenge for the WWE title, uh, including Mason T-Bar. But the man who ended up answering the call was Kingston at the end. McIntyre came out of nowhere and hit Lashley with MVP's cane. While the ref was distracted, Kingston rolled up Lashley for the win. I mean, don't tease us like this. I like the dynamic of Woods versus MVP. And the finish worked really, really well. It's actually a good raw. I mean, compared to recent ones, this was fantastic. We move on to news. And we see a new commercial for the W Network has appeared to confirm W's running order for pay-per-views and network specials up until and including next year's WrestleMania. Money in the Bank will be next, followed by SummerSlam. It's usual August slot, but on a Saturday in a stadium in Vegas for Clash of Champions in September. 
Extreme Rules have been penciled in football Hell in a Cell on the event schedule, while Survivor Series will take place in November before this year's close with tables, ladders, and chairs. And of course, it was 2021 2022's first four major WWE events will be the Rumble, Chamber, Fastlane, and WrestleMania. And speaking of WWE, saying they're going to return to live events for a 25 city tour beginning July 16th. We're going to have SmackDown in Toyota Center in Houston, Money in the Bank in the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, and then Raw in the American Airlines Center in Dallas SmackDown. So it's huge for WWE coming back on the road. There's been rumors about new sets being built. And, of course, returning superstars, whether it be Becky Lynch or Brock Lesnar and others as well. So there's kind of real excitement. Of course, Edge as well is going to make his turn. So... There's hope there, everybody. And we move on to SmackDown. It's the 21st of May. Uh, and all the champs are lined up the entrance over the titles like their actual video game characters doing their pose. Uh, DeVille out to inform us WWB Live. Cruz babbled on about a match later. And from there, DeVille is only for Paul Heyman to arrive. Remind fans that the Tribal Chief is a champion, whereas the rest of the men and the women on stage are simply title holders. Bailey interrupted the season to exception to Natalian Tamina as women tag champs, gave props to Cruz and Commander Aziz, and claimed Belair cheated to win Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash. The ESC made her way to the ring, coming face to face with the role model. Bailey backed off, allowing Basler and At- uh, Jax to attack from out of nowhere. Natalian Tamina made the save, leading to the tag team match and on the arena floor. Bailey delivered a Bailey to Bailey on Belair. This attracted Natalia enough for Basler to apply the Kirafuda clutch and score the submission victory. Yes, after all that, not a bad match, but we need a faster start. And then backstage, Big E is ready. We get a nice Alistair Black promo about culling the herd. And Corbin out next to minus the crown. His opponent and kidnapper of the crown is, of course, Nakamura, uh, who's had a fella playing the guitar. Uh, and if it's Rick Boogs, and if Boogs seems familiar, it might be because he won the 24-7 title twice during the season Old Spife commercials during WrestleMania weekend while going the name of the Night Panther. Boogs played Nakamura's theme for a distraction, allowing the Bayface to counter Ender Games into a roll-up. Yes, another roll-up for the victory. Thoughts on this? Pat McAfee on commentary. He's had a lot of praise recently, but he needs to chill the fuck out or at least wait to see stuff before losing his shit completely. I will say now, Nakamura will be WWE champion before he leaves the company. He's not got an ego, and he wants to succeed there as well. This is a nothing match, but it's kind of building towards the fight of the crown as well, maybe a potential king of the ring. And then we see Jimmy Uso wanting the Usos uh, against Profits, and it's booked for next week. And then we see Universal Champ Roman Reigns making his way to the ring, accompanied by Jey Uso and Paul Heyman for a special champion parade. We get ready a package recapping his victory over Cesar at WrestleMania Backlash. Reigns discussed humility and how he tries to teach to his sons. So instead of talking himself up, he's going to let his special counsel do it for him. And cut a glowing promo about Reigns and his success over last year before demanding Jimmy Uso come to the ring. Instead, Cesaro appeared and issued a challenge for a rematch at Hell in a Cell for all Reigns could accept. Or not. Seth Rollins jumped in from behind, leaving Cesaro to further nurse his arm injury. Rollins returns to the ringside area again, attacking Cesaro and leaving him lying with a stomp. He added a second driving side face first into the steel ramp. I mean, everybody loves hating WWE, but Reigns is the best thing in pro wrestling right now. Heyman listing off what Reigns has done since his turn is incredible as well. And Rollins has become a little bit deranged. This is good stuff for him. Uh, presumably, Reigns just fucked off when uh, Rollins started beating the shit out of Cesaro. Up next, we get Don Mysterio versus Bobby Roode. And the second generation, Mysterio delivers 6 or 9 to Roode and finishing with a frog splash for the win. I'm kind of bored with this match. It's not a bad match, but uh, Dom needs to prove himself. The storyline will continue. And then we see Jay not happy that a tag match has been made. He needs to tell Roman... 
and Reigns is so threatening backstage as well. Um, I've no idea what Pat took before the show, but McAfee is out of his mind here. A nice promo from the Profits. And then the main event, the Fatal 4-Way match for the Intercontinental Championship. We see Big E caught in Zane with the Uranagi and nearly earned the win over Cruz, but Commander Aziz pulled him out of the ring. Big E fed off a massive hill, but the lights dimmed and Alistair Black arrived, making his way through fog to blast Big E with a black mass. Cruz made the pin and scored to win. Black flashed an evil grin as the show went off the air. I mean, it was a banger of a main event. All brought it in this one. And Alice Black returning, uh, coming back. I mean, nice touch with the eye. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with him there. Little did we know as the month would play out. We move on to Raw, the 24th of May. It's the MVP and Bobby. Open exactly the same way as he did last week. I thought it was different. Uh, I thought it was the same, but it was different ladies. I had to check myself. And they're not happy with Kofi. Um, thanks to Drew, and Drew comes out, and then Kofi to rub it in. But Kofi didn't want his help. He wants a WWE shot. He wants uh, Drew to step aside and talk about many a true word. Adam Pearce comes out and makes Drew versus Kofi number one contender. And this opening segment actually helped because you had a little bit of story there. We got straight into the match with Kofi and Drew. And after a third commercial break, we came back to see McIntyre hit a back suplex on the middle rope. And after several more near falls, MVP and Lashley interfered to cause a disqualification. This was 30 minutes of greatness. Uh, Raw should be more like this, but obviously they cut the legs out from under them with the finish. And Nikki Cross threw down a challenge to either Charlotte or Ray Ripley. Since the Queen was already scheduled to face Oscar, Cross faced Ripley in a two-minute beat-the-clock challenge. Ripley nailed her with a dropkick and beat her down in the corner. She seemed to forget about the time limit and ended up letting the clock run out, making Cross the winner. Cross did laps around the ring to celebrate. All Ripley could do was smile when she realised what happened. It was nice to see Cross, but Ripley is a little bit silly, really, forgetting about it. Charlotte out to laugh and then faced Oscar. The end came when Charlotte counted Oscar into a pinning combination for the win. So when it matters, Oscar loses. But they do have crazy chemistry. This was a really good match. But unfortunately, Charlotte is a number one contender. We then see Cedric Alexander verbally blasting Shelton Benjamin for the match, saying his former tag team partner was near the end of his career and missed plenty of opportunity while he was in his prime with a world at his feet. They had a great bout with some cracking action for Alexander got a huge win and a fire promo. Again, this could and maybe should be on the pay-per-view. We see the RK Broad story told. It's good stuff, but weird Kofi is kind of in two storylines at this moment. Makes you think maybe the WWE Championship is not going to be the future story for him. We're leading to Woods, Woods versus Riddle. And they kept trading near falls and big moves until Riddle uncorked an RKO out of nowhere for the win. And yes, Dan, it does count because it is an RKO. This was a great match. The suplex from Woods was incredible. And the German off the second by Riddle, again, was fantastic stuff. I mean, forget Big E and Kofi. Let Woods have a proper single run. And credit to Riddle. I know he's a good wrestler, but he acts like a complete moron. Uh, AJ faced jobber number two next. We see Elias now AJ from behind and leap into the timekeeper's area and hides. Riker takes advantage and gets the pin to win. Yes, Jackson Riker pins AJ Styles. After the match, Omos comes down and catches Elias hiding. Elias and Riker run up the ramp, but Omos chases them. He then sends Elias flying into the LED board on the stage. He walks about down to the ring to check on others. Omos returns to the ring and helps AJ up. I mean, who did AJ piss off? Up next, Sheamus versus Umberto. The Celtic Warrior rolled him over a handful of tights for the win. After the match, Sheamus was about to lock in a cloverleaf and Carrillo, but Ricochet interfered and hit a moonsault followed by a Springboard 450, taking out the US champ. And then we see uh, Reginald cost Basler a pin by distracting the ref at the wrong moment. She told him to leave as she walked up the ramp. Another explosion binds him. Distraction allowed Natalia to roll Basler up for the victory. Uh, yes, our main event was Natalia 
and Tamina versus Basler and Jax for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, after making sure he was right, Basler told Reginald she was going to fight him next week. This was the main event. I mean, split happens next, uh, I guess. Natalia and Baz look like partners with matching outfits, I'm just saying. Uh, Raw was okay, but quite an interesting main event there. And then, departures, and after less than two months on the job, Adnan Verk is out as a play-by-play announcer on WWE. They announced on the Tuesday that Verk and the company mutual agreed to part ways. Uh, Verk replaced Tom Todd Phillips as the voice of Raw on April 2nd, and with seven episodes in addition to working the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view, uh, in response to the announcement, Verk cited the extensive travel and other commitments as a reason for his departure. But don't worry, because WWE brought in UFC and Bellator former commentator Jimmy Smith to replace him as lead of uh, Monday Night Raw. If Michael Carlos praised him heavily and found him to be very versatile. And speaking of Tom Todd Phillips, he has been released as well. Alright, we move on to SmackDown the 28th of May and backstage in the Zoom at Jimmy Uso talked to Roman Reigns about his and Jay's match with the Street Profits later in the show. He said they'll go on, win the tag titles and put it next to the Tribal Chiefs Universal Championship and rule SmackDown. Reigns said he was happy for him, but when Jimmy left, he planted seeds of doubt in Jay's head, asking if he was going to let his brother talk at McAfee. But after weathering everything thrown at her by the Princess of Staten Island, Blair was able to deliver the KOD for the pinfall victory of the champion, saying she ain't nothing while Blair celebrated her victory. So Mella is not a legitimate threat anymore. Bailey's so confident on commentary. And Belanca, as Michael Cole would say on commentary, this was okay. And what was better than okay, which was very strong, was the drip that Seth Rollins was wearing as he made his way to the ring. The same day he turned 35 years old to address Cesaro. And what started as a light-hearted promo could be with fake cheek in form. Uh, Cesaro's hospital bed after last week's brutal attack. Serious and twisted. Rollins blamed both Cesaro and the W fans for the fate endured by the Swiss Superman a week earlier. His hands, he said, were clean. He's saying happy birthday himself and prayed to the ring to end the segment. So after crazy, this is the Seth we get. Move on to Owens versus Cruz. We see a stellar for Owens, but Commando Aziz broke up the Pimmel and Nigerian now, drawing a uh, disqualification. Another rush of a match, and can Owens come up short again if he loses an Intercontinental title match to Cruz? I mean, he is probably one of the biggest losers in WWE, but after the match, cameras caught up with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso backstage. Moments after Adam Pearce granted Jimmy's request for a tag match for next week's show, the head of the table asked Jay why he'd want that match when Reigns wants the best for him. He reiterated that he wants Jay to go back to having fans ask which one he is again, not where he has been. Main event Jey Uso while partnered with him. I mean, the thing is with this, I can't do it really credit, but this is a box set I could binge on just backstage segments between the Usos and Roman Reigns. Just so intense. Um, and then the Leeson played Nakamura to the ring for his match with Chad Gable. Um, Nakamura stood a game Gable to pick up the win with a Kinshasa. Afterwards, Corbin break Nakamura for the entrance ramp and claimed the crown as his again, saying it was anyone's but his. Boogs came from out of nowhere. Rock Corbin and Nakamura retrieved the crown before standing tall. So this is the thing now. Uh, such a quick match as well. And then the main event, the SmackDown tag team titles, Mysterio's. Versus the Dirty Dogs. Ray has been attacked before the match, much like Dominic Papi, so the young Palawan Mysterio went alone. Ray appeared just in time, still nursing his injuries, but for a distraction that allowed Dominic to pick up the win. After the match, Usos hit the ring and talked trash to the victorious champions, all while Roman Reigns watched backstage, unhappy with the developments unfolding before him. This was a good match, but the Usos are a serious threat. And SmackDown was okay this week, more focused on the tag team division. 
So we start off 31st of May with the Raw and hello Jimmy. Of course, uh, Jimmy's taking over the commentary now. And we start with Miz TV and yes, I did miss him. Mawson had his dripstick and garlic. An injury is not as bad as false false fault with the Miz and they are trying to trademark the dripstick as well. You see Charlotte and Ripley were guests on the show. Cross made her way out with a huge smile on her face. Apologise for interrupting the Miz, who had a huge smile on his face too when he found out Cross was a big fan on the show. Cross got into it with Charlotte, led to him having a two-minute challenge after the break. She lasted a full two minutes to win over Charlotte. Ripley applauded for ringside. I mean, Cross is the only one gaining from this. When she does have a full match, she will lose. Uh, nice backstage with Priest and Riddle made me actually chuckle. It was kind of, what would you say if Orton was your partner? Hey, Randy. And then literally Randy showed up. Nice goatee as well from Autumn. And leading to Autumn versus Woods. And Autumn picked up Woods and hit him with a Riddle's bro Derek finisher for the win. Much like uh, Riddle hit the RKO last week. Riddle marked out. Of course, this is a nice wink as well from Autumn. And a really good match. Woods is incredibly talented and keeps having bangers on Monday Night Raw. And then we've got Basler versus Reginald. Yes, it's happening. Basler grabbed him in the crew through the clutch but broke it when an explosion went off. Reggie rolled her up. Fully upset victory. Yes, one of the most dominant women in NXT was pinned by Reginald. And Jimmy is not too bad on commentary at the moment. Um, this match reminded me of Cody versus Agogo, how bad it was. Uh, Mason T-Bar returned after being somewhere. Uh, they squashed a Lucha house party. And then Sheamus versus Ricochet. And Carrillo came out to distract Sheamus. And Ricochet to run up for the pin. After the break, Sheamus was in the second match against Carrillo, as you were on Raw. Uh, Carrillo busted Sheamus open with a stiff forearm, but the Celtic Warrior did not let it slow him down. Ricochet returned the favour and distracted Sheamus, so Carrillo could get the pin. So both men have a win. I guess the triple threat match is coming. And good to see Ricochet on Raw. And then Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Little did we know it was Lana's last match. A bit like Ruby Rowe on SmackDown last time out. Lana tried a few different pinning combinations. Rose thought she was calling the hit with a net breaker. Brooke made the cover and got the pin. The tag champs watched from ringside. Lana was always a trier. And after each man scored a win on the other in recent weeks, Shelton Benjamin said Alexander met for a rubber match this week. Alexander quickly hit a thumb to the eye before getting the pin. I can't defend this. And then we see Riker looking like he's in the chances. He and Elias made their way out to challenge Omos for the World Tag Team Champions. Elias saw Omos get the ring. He jumped off the apron and let Riker deal with the giant himself. Omos decimated him as Elias watched from the ramp. Styles got the tag and finished Riker off with a phenomenal forearm to retain the titles. And like we said in WWE, split does happen. I mean, how are these guys still here? I don't know. And we see Bazaar isn't happy that Alexa Bliss continue to mess with her. Of course, she's in charge of the fireworks uh, following a loss to Reginald. Uh, Bazaar interrupts an Alexa's Playhouse segment and sold Reginald. She then demanded a meeting with Bliss next week on Raw. Before Bazaar walked out, she kneeled down and told Bliss to tell Lily that she's just a stupid doll. And then Kofi, a great pro- promo for the main event. We get the number one contendership match after it finished last week. Last she's no longer there. Kofi versus Drew. We see a super future shot DDT, which was incredible in a fantastic matchup. McIntyre hit the claim off for the win and for the nice sequence. Kingston shook his hand in a show of respect. Um... You know, what a main event. Raw is really, really struggling at the moment. And then we had the big news, WWE releases. And of course, um, WWE releasing Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Ruby Riot, Lana, Santana Garrett and Buddy Murphy. It's incredible when you think at WrestleMania Backlash, Braun Strowman wrestled. They brought back Alistair Black recently to feud with Big E. Ruby Riot had a match on Switch previously, and Lana had a, smack on, a smack, uh, match on Raw. And of course, Buddy, uh, Santana Garrett may be the one that's maybe not a big surprise there, and Buddy Murphy, few, uh, you know, just 
I've talked about it before the podcast, just you know how much potential he had. Hopefully, he can rebuild himself uh, and maybe go to Japan or something like that and actually you know, start having bangers and prove to everybody how good he is. Move on to the June 4th SmackDown. The Universal Champion Roman Reigns made his way to the ring, accompanied by special counsel Paul Heyman. And the Tribal Chief warned Usos that while he changed his opinion on him challenging for the tag team titles, they better win. He reminded them that the entire family is watching the enthusiastic Usos vow to just do that. Brothers versus father and son coming up. Um, this is not going to be too bad. This is tag teams mean something at the moment. And it is the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, Mysterios versus the Usos. We see the rookie competitor fended off both opponents, then caught a flying Jimmy with knees to the midsection and scored a controversial roll-up for a win. I mean, what a naff finish. As commentators caught it and blamed the ref. Uh, backstage Reigns berated the Usos for the loss of the model. They fixed it immediately by going to Adam Pearce or DeVille and getting another shot. Uh, we find out what happened later on the show with that. And then we see Caleb Baxter attempt to interview Seth Rollins, who avoided questions about Cesaro before abruptly ending things without giving an answer. And finally, the Street Profits and T- Chad Gable approached. He offered their managerial assistance in the hope that they would return it. And they turned it down. But we have seen recently as well social media Street Profits with MVP, which might work. And then we live Morgan going it alone after the release of Ruby Riot. Um, Face Carmella, the former champion, overcovered and tapped Morgan out with code of science for demanding ring announcer Greg Hamilton proclaim her the most beautiful woman in the world. This is okay, but I think these are the only women left in the division. We see backstage Pearson Deville stop the Mysterios from leaving the Formula Defender tag titles for a second time. SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Blair made her way to the ring and admitted that Bailey's laugh had been getting to her a little bit more every week. She started to disrespect and challenge her foe to a match at Hell in a Cell. Bailey accepted for laughing hysterically a pitch taken over every screen in the Thunderdome, the ultimate taunt to the EST. This was a really good visual. And elsewhere, Street Profits sent to talk sense into Otis, getting him to drop out of Gal- uh, Gable's Alpha Academy. Instead, the big man attacked Dawkins and fought in tool. And then Rick Boogs played Nakamura to the ring for a match with Corbin. The crown around the head of the bay face the centrepiece of the feud. The sprint of the match came to a rather abrupt conclusion when Corbin scored a roll-up victory. Yes, another roll-up victory. And another match between Corbin and Nakamura. And afterwards, Boogs held Corbin up, allowing Nakamura to rock him with Kinshasa and regain the king of the ring crown. And despite enduring a Nigerian nail and a sneak attack at the hands of Commander Aziz prize to win the Connacht Championship opportunity, Kevin Owens was faced with a task of Rorick's attack on the injured rib. Miss Frog Splash with a pride in Nigeria allowed Owens to fight back him out an offensive. The England champion cut him off to him in his death valley driver the ring. Apron that allowed him to score the victory. Sami Zayn hit the ring after the match and blasted Owens with a hell of a kick, explaining, I didn't just kick you, karma kicked you, Kevin. Owens has a Ziggler-like level of winning in big matches. And now the main event, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We see Dominic heading upstairs for the top rope splash in hopes of scoring a win. Brains, though, appear from out of nowhere and attack both baby. Tribal Chief brutalised father and son combination, choking Dominic out with guillotine as he used those watch. Jimmy implored his cousin to release a hold. Disgusted by Ray's action, he left the ring, attempted to sway Jay to do the same. Reigns stopped the right-hand man, staring it down and preventing him from leaving. Reigns added more rights and a powerbomb to Dominic to end the show. The powerbomb outside the ring to Dominic was probably the most visual powerbomb we've seen in so long. They're not seeing the landing and then seeing the impact there. It's something that WWE so well. And maybe something AEW could have learned. Crap fell off the top of the cage. Alright, our penultimate Raw episode then, June 7th. We see RK Bro, the New Day, Viking Raiders, Mason T-Bar and Lynch Dorado are at the top of the show for the Tag Team Battle Royal. Grand Metallic was out because of injury. Uh, an unannounced entry came out when Styles was cutting a promo on everyone. John Morrison said he would compete on behalf of his team, despite the Miz being injured as well. 
Uh, it was quite funny, though, because the Miz, uh, despite being injured, unfortunately went down in the wheelchair in slow motion, which actually did make me laugh as well. We see Mason T-Bar eliminated Johnny Drip Drip after a few seconds. Everyone teamed up to take out Mason T-Bar at the same time. Several eliminations happened in quick succession to leave the Viking Raiders as the winners. This is the tag division. It was okay, but without if Raiders want to run and run, maybe uh, this is the start. And then Elias told us why Jobbers Inc. broke up. And Riker attacked his hair with a razor, then attacked Elias. The match ended with a count out when Elias fucked off. And then we see a contract signing with no champ. The Scottish Rory said he didn't need to wait for him and told a story about Robert the Bruce. The backstar prepared to sign MVP on paid on the big screen with Lashley and his group of female admirers. The almighty made McIntyre free to stipulation state he would never challenge Lashley for the W title again if he loses. The match is officially inside hell. In the cell, McIntyre ended the second with a cut on the table in half with his claymore. Yes, he did that. And next, Seamus with a mask, because he did break his nose when Carrillo twatted him last week. Uh, faced Ricoch- Carrillo faced Ricochet for a number one contendership match. Carrillo hit a beautiful Spanish fly from the apron to the floor at one point. Fortunately, even men could beat the 10 count back in the ring. This was good until the nap finish. And then backstage, MVP says, Watch you celebrate at Kofi Mania. I get goosebumps to this day talking about it. Seeing with your sons in the ring, that's what triggered me to want to come back here, because finally, WWE had a champion I could relate to and be proud of. And now look at you. This is trying to tell a story and in Kofi's head. Up next, Cedric versus Jeff Hardy. Both get a video promo beforehand. Alexander hit a low drop kick and a suplex for a two. Hardy dropped it with a twist of fate and hit the senton, a swanton bomb for the win. So Jeff wins. I guess they're not burying him like everybody is saying, but they don't want to push Cedric then. This wasn't too bad. And then Nikki Cross chose Oscar as a tag team partner for a tag match against Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair. The rivals were going one up at each other in unconventional mapping. They eventually started brawling, which ended with Charlotte hitting Ripley with natural selection. She watches Cross Pinder for the win. Uh, this was okay. Mansour beat Gulak in a blink and you miss it match. And then we get Kingston versus Riddle. Kingston counted the RKO and Bro Derek for hitting Trouble in Paradise for the win. So Woods can't beat him, but at least Kingston can. And then Bliss and Lily were in the ring for their swing set to welcome Bazza to Alexis Playground. The Queen of Spades seemed unfazed and unimpressed. She knocked over a rocking horse for no reason before taking a seat next. Asked Bazza to apologise to Lily for upsetting her. Bazza said Bliss was delusional and blamed her for Reginald's accidents and losing the women's titles. The hostess denied having anything to do with the incidents and asked again for an apology. Bazza snatched Lily from her hand saying she was sorry she was just a stupid doll and dropped it. Bliss decked her in the face and jumped under the Queen of Spades threw her off and stomped on Lily's face. The arena began to glitch out, so Bazza took the chance to leave while Bliss cradled a tall friend with a smile. Flames erupted all around the stage as the Queen of Spades fled. The camera followed the backstage where Chanel avoided a falling box and a piece of the set. The lights flickered as she looked for her anywhere to hide. She locked herself in a room and stacked furniture in front of the door. She spotted leaning the mirror behind her. When she turned it round, it was gone. She threw in the mirror again and broke it with a kick. What the fuck was this, eh? Well, we try and pick ourselves up from that and move on to SmackDown, the 11th of June. And we see a recap of uh, the events around the Roman Reigns and, of course, the Mysterios. It then transitioned into Trouble Truth, questioning whether Jimmy Uso knows the one thing he will not stand for, embarrassing the family. Jimmy hit the ring and cut a promo, calling Reigns jealous of the Usos and their desire to hold gold. He accused Reigns of intentionally getting him disqualified last week and vowed that by the end of the night he would be something he would not regret. He's not my brother. He doesn't just look like me. No one's going to confuse him for me. You better do something about this, Reigns warned Jay. Was epic, like I say, like the Sopranos, like the West Ring, like whatever it was. 
Uh, up next, tag team match, Big E and Kevin Owens versus Cruz and Zane. The action broke down late with Big E and Cruz fighting on the floor, thus leaving Owens to drop Zane with a stunner for the pinball victory. After the match, Cruz challenged Big E and Owens to a tag team match on next week's show, this time with Aziz as his partner. The babyface accepted. This was a good match, and uh, hopefully a fatal four-way uh, will be fun as we've seen before with them as well. Backstage, Reigns live meeting Jimmy Uso in his locker room. And back inside the Thunderdome, the most beautiful woman in WWE, Carmella, battled Liv Morgan in the rematch from last week's show. Morgan win with Oblivion. This was short but sweet. And after the match, Carmella demanded Greg Hamilton announced she was still the most beautiful woman in WWE as if it made up for that defeat. I mean, we should get rather match sooner rather than later, shouldn't we? And we see Seth Rollins joining Bailey for the most insufferable edition of the Ding Dong Hello Show to date. The King and Drip laughed obnoxiously, allowing alongside the former SmackDown Women's Champion as a recap the last few weeks of television that saw both Bianca Belair and Cesaro and receive an end of their mental and physical assaults. The talk show's signature doorbell rang. When Rollins opened the door, he was greeted by the return of Cesaro, who pummeled and stripped him, then sent him scrumming to the sanctuary of the locker room. Belair made her presence felt next and laughed Bailey's misfortune. This is a combo made in heaven. They could be bat villains with how good they are. And Seth and Cesaro both use the door as well, which always helps when it comes to that. We then see Gable v Ford. Ford is great. Ose attacks Dawkins backstage and Ford leads to a DQ, but missing his spot. Mean Otis. And then Naka beat Corbin in the weekly match. After the match, Rick Boog sent Corbin over the competition table allowing Nakamura to retain possession of the King of the Ring crown. Fed up with being at the centre of the family rivalry between Reigns and brother Jimmy. Jey Uso stormed out of his locker room. Reigns berating Jimmy for not looking after his brother, treating him so poorly. They had plenty to think about by his cousin. Jimmy took off after Jay. And back in the arena, Ray made his way to the ring addressing Reigns' beating of his son's Dominic a week ago. The most mysterious called Reigns a rat bastard who put his hands on his son Dominic. He also acknowledged Reigns as the man he wants to fight inside hell in a cell. Before Reigns could properly respond... Mysterio attacked him with a kendo stick. Mysterio teed off with him, but eventually Reigns caught him with a Superman punch. And the head of the table set up for Spear. Dominic came out from out of nowhere with a kendo stick of his own. And then Trouble Chief sent Dominic over the top rope to the floor before Lee Reign lying next to his son as the show came to an end. And like I said, the powerbomb to the outside looked awesome. We saw it a couple of weeks previously with the camera angles involved. And this one, where he goes over the ropes and it just looks like it absolutely kills him. Wow. And like I said, best thing in wrestling right now. And uh, also WWE News, we hear that there's going to be tryouts in Las Vegas as well. So our last Raw, thankfully, the 14th of June, is a go-home show. And now Jax approached Alexa Bliss at the top of the show to let her know that Baszler would face her at Hell in a Cell. He ended up agreeing to have no own match after Jax questioned why Bliss had been acting. Then we saw Nikki Cross make her entrance for a match against Charlotte. The Queen said in an interview she wanted this bout to prove she shouldn't have lost to Cross in a two-minute challenge. She talked Ripley. Charlotte didn't realise the ref was counting. Cross rolling to win by a count out. And as she ran around the ring to celebrate, Charlotte took her down with boots to the face. She beat Cross until Ripley made the save with a rip tied. Uh, Thoughts on this on Bliss, it's good she's getting back in the ring finally. And the focus is on the women's division, good or bad. This is a pretty stale well to start. The match was nothing. And speaking of nothing matches, Morrison beat Jeff. I remember these two were going to be the future in 2007. We are still waiting for Johnny Drip Drip. And Morrison hit Starship Payne for the pin and a win. Alexander grabbed the mic and said he wanted to apologise to Hardy for not showing him the respect he deserved last week. He said he replayed the match from last week and saw how Hardy talked him after the bout was over. Hardy offered him a rematch and said he would retire if Alexander beat him. Said Mrs. Attempt to steal Hardy Swanton. Hardy nailed him with a twist of fate and a Swanton for the win. Uh, give Jeff time on Raw and then people are going, why give Jeff this story? Sometimes you just can't win. The match didn't last long either. 
And speaking of matches that are not lasting long, Naomi was out to take on Eva Marie, but instead of Eva, she got the debuting Piper Niving as well. And Niving easily overpowered and destroyed Naomi in a full few minutes. She slammed Naomi when Michinoku drives to get the pin, or it's a Niven, it's a Piper driver, come on. Uh, Eva grabbed the mic and declared herself the winner. This is a squash, but Niven is ready for the main roster. In NXT UK, of course we know about Piper Niven and how good she is, but I don't mind her restarting a new character. Much like the Ringmaster's losses didn't matter for Stone Cold Steve Austin, the commentators do look a bit clueless, but still, it's not a bad thing. We get a nice argument backstage between Natalia Tamina and Brooke and Rose. Looks versus names, and things break down. And now for something good, we get RK Bro versus New Day. And Woods had been on the top rope when we returned from a second break. Kingston tagged in, they hit a combo suplex and splash for an earful that's broken up by the Viper. New Day almost had Riddle pinned with a double stomp, Doomday survives. The match ended with all Orton hitting Woods with an RKO when he went for the honour roll. I mean, the New Day are in my top 10 tag teams of all time. And, and weirdly enough, we will be tag teams at the start of next month, Dan and myself. This match was fantastic. On any other Russian show, it would have been raved about. Because it was Raw, it kind of gets forgotten. Uh, we get Oscar versus Ripley 8 next. And after a series of counters, Ripley hit the Riptide for the win. Suit was over. Charlotte attacked Ripley out of nowhere. They brawled until the officials broke them up. Poor Oscar. This was good. But bloody Charlotte, eh? And then Bliss versus Jax. Uh, Bliss set up like The Undertaker to avoid uh, leg drops. She climbed to the top table like all distracted her for a moment. She still managed to spike Jax with a DDT. She hit Twisted Bliss, but Reggie pulled her off. Jax calls the disqualification. She stared at Reginald until she seemed to be in a trance. When Jax got to her feet, she broke her stare and he seemed to recover. Uh, this was weird. Is, is Alexa Bliss still Undertaker now? I'm not sure. Uh, we see a fire pro with Kofi on MVP saying he is not interested and he wants to do it for his family and what he wants to do. And then we see the former tag team partners, the Jobbers Inc., met for a rematch this week. Has come out the gates hot with a running knee and a flurry of strikes. Riker rebounded after an Irish rip into the corner to hit a big clothesline. The fight spilled out the ring and last, allowing himself to be catted out. In time. Awful. No way Riker works as a face. And now it is time for the main event. AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. Both men dished out a lot of punishment as McIntyre began to build momentum. But Lashley attacked him to cause a DQ. The Viking Raiders made a save while almost pulled Styles out of the ring. We return to a break to see. Yes, indeed. It is a tag match being made. A six-man tag team match. It's not a ringside because he's changing into his ring gear. McIntyre almost had a stare down, but the big man grabbed the Scotch word by the throat, almost took out Eric and Ivar by throwing him over the barricade, leaving McIntyre to fend for himself. But despite the disadvantage, McIntyre ended up getting a pin on Lashley to get the win. Uh, this was long. Good or bad, they were giving it time. And again, a match turned into another one. Six man was fun, but Raw is hard work. And usually Drew winning means he will lose at the pay-per-view. And before the pay-per-view, one more show, and it's SmackDown June 18th. Well, Rey Mysterio kicked off SmackDown with the Unforgiven Steel structure, simply known as Hell, in a cell hanging ominously overhead and cast an ominous cloud on the night's proceeding. Legend better to relive the pain and agony suffered by his son, Dominic, a week ago. He called Reigns out, wanted to hear from the man himself, and he accepted Rey's challenge for the Hell in a Cell match later tonight. The head of the table emerged from his locker room and informed his special counsel, Paul Heyman, that he's trying to be diplomatic, but now he's going to do things his way. This was good stuff. Rey! It's actually the perfect baby face when you think about it because you can't not feel sorry for him because of his size. Up next, Biggie and Kevin Owens versus Apollo Crews and Commando Aziz. We see a spirited comeback by the prize fighter failing to fuel the baby face as a well-timed distraction by Zayn to Owens. Left prone with a Nigerian nail as Aziz and Crews picked up the whim. 
Uh, so the IC taken, IC title was taken a back seat to Owens versus Zayn. Why the hell was Aziz wearing a jacket to wrestle? This is fucking stupid. And it's funny, Aziz and I must both being built, but fans will complain WWE will then lose face. This is what always happens. You get two new guys, and um, that's the kind of vicious circle. He didn't look great. Owens and Biggie with a job is here. And Zayn, light. For the fifth time in six weeks, Nakamura faced King Corbin, this time in a battle for the crown. Corbin grounded the pound in the artist, working him over with his strength and size advantage. Nakamura fought back low and put Corbin down with Kinshasa to win the match and the crown. After the match, a tearful Corbin sulked while Nakamura celebrated Rick Boogs at the top of the Smackdowns. Not even Steamboat and Flair could have this many matches in this short space of time and keep it interesting. They do have chemistry, though. Hopefully, Nack can get a push, and Corbin can get more. Up next, SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair made her way to the ring for a promo ahead of the defence against Bailey on Sunday. After weeks of laughter and being told she's less than, Belair issued a challenge for a match inside Hell in a Cell. Bailey entered the Thunderdome, and after a broad and ringside, she delivered a rose plant, laying the EST out and standing tall with a title to end the segment. I'm not a huge fan of this feud, but this was a nice brawl. Bailey seems great, and I like the way she seems to control the screens as well. Blair would definitely be a good heel, but we need more women. Smackdown. And backstage, Jimmy Uso approached Roman Reigns, admitted that they may not see eye to eye and everything. They are blood, family. Uh, the head of the table told his cousin to find brother Jay. Reigns is the best heel in wrestling, and this is the best story. Next face, we're going at loan for his scheduled match with Otis and already injured Angelo Dawkins. Found himself beaten down by the Alpha Academy big man. Partner Chad Gable to refocus Otis. Partner with Gable to leave Dawkins lying following a lariat German suplex combination. Thoughts on this? Well, heel Otis with a clean shave. Credit to Gable, though. Nice heel, and Otis looking good. As well, and then Seth Rollins interrupts an interview between Cesaro and Kayla Braxton, vows to teach the Swiss Superman a lesson Sunday at Hand in the Cell. I really hope Cesaro finishes this. And then, in the Thunderdome, Rey Mysterio made his way to the ring for the night's main event, a Universal Championship match with Roman Reigns inside the pay-per-use namesake. The first time ever, Hell in the Cell will be on SmackDown, and Roman Reigns is unbeaten inside the structure. This was Mysterio's very First time inside Satan's structure, but Mysterio, fueled by the hatred by Reigns' assault and Domino, he dominated the opening minutes of the match. He blasted Reigns with a toolbox, wrapped a steel chair around his neck, and sent him into the cage. And Miss Spear set the champion crashing through the table. But Reigns managed to sling Mysterio into the cage, turning the tie in his favour before he entered the commercial breaks. Reigns overwhelmed his opponent to a blind charge in the corner, allowed Ray to fight back in the match. He added a splash drive and a chair into the midsection of the champion. Reigns caught Mysterio a powerbomb, sent him out of the ring and into the sides of the steel cage, a la the devastating attack on Dominic from last week. Back in the ring, a cravat finished Mysterio as Reigns retained via submission. After the match, Trouble Truth tapped him out one more time and said, Happy Father's Day to add insult as the show went off the air. I mean, Ray kicking his ass at the start was one of the funniest things I've seen because I wasn't expecting it. But Reigns is the man. Really fun match. Yes, it should have been on the pay-per-view, but it helped SmackDown. You know, it's a strong show. You show what Roman Reigns does. He's a big deal. I know, you know, they made Belair and Bailey heading the cell. So you've got that match. You've got Drew McIntyre versus Bob Lashley in Hell in the Cell as well. Now we're getting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, you know, the card won't be too bad, you know, when we look at it. And, of course, we'll be reviewing the full show on Wednesday when we'll be joined by the Select Match Pod and, of course, Jaxie Scarlett as well. Uh, but don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the good platforms, send us an email, the WNR Podcast at gmail.com. And YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where all the latest clips and podcasts got at the same time. And you should be able to do some cloud. 
on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, like I say, next episode is Hell in a Cell. And since Backlash, you know, WWE, uh, repetitive matches. But I think with Raw and SmackDown, we will see a slight change, especially when the crowd comes back. I think that would be an injection that we need. I don't think the matches have been as bad as people have been making out. But like I said, when it's three hours, it seems to be a struggle. But I will say Raw, I've definitely smacked down. But even Raw in parts has been more entertaining than Dynamite at this moment, which feels like a, a, a episode of Dark sometimes. So we'll see what happens when it comes to it. But like I said, really excited to have uh, Jaxie and Slap Match Pod on the podcast on Wednesday, where we'll bring you everything from hell in a cell. But until then, I've been James Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. <laughs>